Would you now listen for the Word of God? It's found in the fourth chapter of the Gospel according to St. Mark, beginning with the 35th verse. On that day when evening had come, he said to them, Let's go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd, he took with them just as he was in the boat. And the other boats were with him. And a great storm of wind arose, and the waves beat unto the boat, so that the boat was already filling. But he was in the stern, asleep, on the cushion. And they woke him up, and they said to him, Teacher, do you not care if we perish? And he awoke, and he rebuked the wind, and he said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And he said to them, Why are you afraid? Have you still no faith? And they were filled with awe and said to one another, Who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? This is the word of God for the people of God. So we find Jesus in a boat out on the water, and he's tired. He's very tired. He's been asleep. Sometime, if you don't have anything to do, or, or maybe you're just interested in doing this, read through the Gospel of Mark. And mark every time the word immediately pops up in Mark's Gospel. It's this funny little Greek word called ustus. Mark it every time you see it in Mark's Gospel. You'll be, you'll be thoroughly entertained by that word. And I'll give you a head start. It, it appears eight times in the first chapter. Everything Jesus does in Mark's Gospel happens immediately. So no wonder he's tired. This is four chapters in, for goodness sakes. He's tired. He went up to the front of the boat and he went to sleep. Now, Obviously, this was quite a storm. Obviously, this wasn't just an ordinary, widely scattered afternoon and evening thunderstorm. The thing that tells me that, you've got to remember who's in the boat with him. It's not doctors and lawyers and Indian chiefs. It's fishermen that have spent their whole life on that water. And if they're scared, you can bet it was quite a storm. And they were afraid. But in spite of the storm, in spite of how bad it was, Jesus was lying there sound asleep. And so they wake him up and they ask him, Lord, don't you care? Don't you care? This world of ours is besieged by conflict. People starving by the thousands every day because there's no food. People dying from all kinds of diseases because there's no clean water. Not to mention wars and terrorism and genocide and human trafficking that just has made our world a, a total mess. And, 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 and there are times when I want to wake Jesus up and say, Don't you care what's happening to our world? And this great nation of ours is so terribly divided right now. Everybody seems only interested in what benefits them. And I'm concerned about the future of our country. I, people want to take 
the words under God out of the Pledge of Allegiance. I don't care about that. I want to take the word indivisible out of the Pledge of Allegiance because obviously we've demonstrated we're not indivisible. And our world, this great country of promise that has been here so long, is seeming to disintegrate from within and to cave in on itself. And, and we just want to wake Jesus up sometime and say, Don't you care? Don't you care? And this church of ours, headed toward possible schism, people so at each other theologically, socially, we hope there is a way forward, but we don't know. And this great dream of Mr. Wesley's that had such promise and, 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 and has done so much for our world, we want to just shake Jesus and say, Jesus, don't you care? I'm afraid to turn on the news when I go home at night. Afraid to find out what has happened today in one of our schools. I have two daughters who go to school every day. I have four grandchildren who go to school every day. And I'm terrified for them. And I'll bet you have children and grandchildren that you are afraid for too. And, 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 and seemingly Jesus is sleeping through all of the carnage and the unthinkable violence in our schools. And you want to say, Jesus, don't you care? Don't you care? And maybe some of you, like me, have uh, had your own personal life wracked by a storm. Maybe you've had to watch someone that you love for their lives to slowly slip away little by little. And then finally they're totally gone from you. And during the last ten years, I have cried and I have begged and I have done everything I could to wake Jesus up and say, Don't you care? Don't you care? I know how those disciples in that boat felt. And I'll bet you do too at some point in your life. You have just wondered, is, is Jesus just asleep with all the things going on in our world? Is He just asleep or... Doesn't he care? There's a great story of an old farmer who lived out in, the, out in the Midwest. His wife died. His two boys grew up and got married. He loved his farm more than anything in all the world. But it just got almost impossible for him to keep his farm up. He didn't know what he was going to do, so he finally put an ad in the paper one day. And it said, Farm hand wanted room and board and a living wage apply so-and-so. Nobody came. Nobody applied for that job. He was just so afraid he's going to have to give his farm up. Finally, one guy came. He didn't look like the brightest bulb on the tree, but he showed up and he said, well, all right, I'll interview you. And he said, uh, what, do you, what, what can you tell me about farming? He said, I can sleep when the wind blows. He said, have you ever driven a tractor? Nope. Have you ever fed livestock? Nope. But I can sleep when the wind blows. He said, have you, have you ever milked a cow? Nope. Have you ever planted any crop in your life? Nope. But I can sleep when the wind blows. <laughs> I said, oh my goodness, what in the world? This is... 
not anything to recommend. But nobody else came to apply for the job. So he finally said, well, maybe this guy's teachable. Maybe, maybe I can teach him something about, about farming. And sure enough, little, little by little, the guy kind of started to learn a little bit. He still wasn't. He had no ambition, and he just couldn't. He wasn't what the farmer dreamed of by a long shot. But as they often do, one night the farmer was sound asleep and rumbling across the plain, he heard the unmistakable sound of one of those terrific storms that rumbles through. And he thought, oh my goodness, what are we going to do? So he ran and he banged on the guy's door and he said, get up, we got to go out and we got to make sure all the animals are okay. We got to make sure all the, all the feed is covered up and all our hay is okay. He banged again and he banged again and he yelled the man's name, yelled and yelled, and finally he gave up. He said, it's got to be done. I'm just going to do it. So he went out and he found where he kept his feet and it was covered up already. And he went over to where his hay was and his hay was all, every single bale of it was covered. And he said, well, I'll go find the animals now. Good, that's been done. He, went, he couldn't find his animals. Finally he went and he looked in the barn, and all of his animals were safe and sound in the barn. And all of a sudden it dawned on the old farmer what the guy had meant when he said, I can sleep when the wind blows. You remember the first question Jesus asked those disciples once they finally got him awake and once he finally got the storm stopped? The first question he asked them do you still have no faith? Do you still have no faith? Now, I'm not, I'm not smart enough to know what provision God has made for all the problems in our world or, or our country or even our church or our schools. I don't know what provision God has made for calming those storms that are so overwhelming right now. But I do know, I do have enough faith to know that God has indeed made provision for the solution and the calming of even the worst storms we encounter. I know that in part because I know God had made provision for the storm in my life. And I'm looking around this room and I know some of you have been a part of that. Some of you have been a part of being God's provision for calming the storm that I have experienced. Which leads me to my final point. I really believe God's provision in the midst of storm almost always involves people. But it takes people with enough faith and enough patience to try to search and to discern what God's provision in that storm might be. And then it takes enough courage to risk being a part of what God may be doing in provision for that storm, even if you don't think you can do it, or even if it's not what you really think God ought to be doing in the first place. Maybe you, like me, question sometimes whether God cares if all the storms that are going on 
maybe a storm in your own personal life, you have cried out as I did, don't you care? Maybe you think God is asleep and kind of oblivious to what's going on in the world and in your life or our world or our country or our church or our school. Maybe you think God is just asleep. But let me assure you, let me assure you beyond any doubt, God does care. And God has made provision to calm all of the storms. Because, you see, I know, I know that God can sleep when the wind blows. 